Welcome to the Nuggets of Gold podcast, everybody. I'm here with Jake, and we're a couple days late, but we we have midterm season lately, so we had to get that kind of dealt with. But we're here on Wednesday, and honestly, it kind of worked out well that we didn't record until Wednesday because we got some news. Um, it came out that both D. Ford and Richard Sherman are not expected to be back until after the Week 11 bye, and also the 49ers pulled a trade for Jordan Willis, I want to say, is his name. Yeah. He's a linebacker. Yeah. He's an, he's an outside linebacker. Really, an, He's going to be an edge guy in their system. But it's not like some massive move. It's a late-round swap. He's a former third-round pick from the Bengals. Really athletic guy. Ran a 4-5-40. Pretty much a project player. So not like a crazy move. But, I mean, it makes sense. Maybe, maybe it's a guy that Adam Peters and Martin Mayhew really like. Or, you know... Sala and the defensive coaching staff really think that they can turn him into something. So overall, kind of uh, not really much capital put into this trade, but just another guy in there to get some more edge depth. And I applaud them for that move because they need the edge depth right now. They you know they've had a lot of guys go down. It doesn't seem like it seems like there's going to be no D Ford and no obviously no Nick Bosa for the rest of the year. So you have a lot of those guys gone, and you want Eric Armstead to kick inside on third down. So I'm a fan of this move. Jake, what do you think about it? Yeah, I mean, they had to do something. And, uh, I mean, look, it's not, you know, going to pop off the page. But like you're saying, you know, you have to make moves like this if you're a good team because ultimately you have to get projects. Look at Kerry Hyder. Um, I believe he's at four and a half sacks now on the season. Maybe still three and a half, not sure. But to your point, the reason why we have to do stuff like this is because not only is Eric not being able to kick inside, he's also getting, you know, doubled pretty often because he's kind of the only guy on that offense, or excuse me, the defensive line um, that's even generating any kind of pressure. So, you know, if you get another guy who you think is talented in the building and, you know, maybe by later in the season, he's shaped out, well, then there you go. And now you have more good depth not just for this season, but also future seasons. So it's not the flashiest move. You know, it's no clowny or, you know, Watt or, you know, any kind of crazy name. But, uh, you know, I think he's going to serve a purpose on this team, especially when you look at guys like Ronald Blair, who won't even be back until super late in the season. I think he's looking like he's going to be back week 12 as well. So yeah. maybe, I mean, maybe him and Sherm are back week 12. I mean, I don't think that D Ford will be back, but maybe he's back then too. Uh, but that's kind of where they're at. And also, they gave up a six-round pick in 2022, and they get a seventh-round pick and Jordan Willis this year. So honestly, it seems like they kind of just had a neutral move of late-round picks. Yeah, and and you know, unless the Jets somehow draft like George Kittle out of the sixth round or seventh round, whatever that pick was. It seems like this trade's pretty much a wash. And like you're saying, it's a project kind of thing. And actually, looking at it now, maybe there is something they see, you know, deeper in the guy like this because it's the Jets and they have no idea what they're doing with their players. So, you know, maybe this guy's a hidden gem. Who knows? 
and he was also a Bengal, so that also bodes really well for them. Yeah. <laughs> if you have some, if you're taking the the bottom organizations, guys that are highly drafted and highly touted coming out of college, he went to I think K State. Um, I don't know, third round pick on the Bengals. Like we've seen the Bengals screw up a lot of guys. We've seen the Jets screw up a lot of guys. So those are the kind of teams that you want to sort of steal guys from, I guess. Um, but we just wanted to briefly go over the trade real quick. But I want to talk about Sunday. It was basically the Kyle Shanahan, I'm going to flex on everyone game, and we're going to win because I'm smarter than you. <laughs> um, that's kind of what I took it as. Jimmy didn't look particular great, particularly great. He, he just kind of moved the ball, ran the offense, nothing really special. The only, I mean, he had a couple third down passes that were dropped that were good throws. Um, the, the one, like, big play that Jimmy had was hitting Kittle for the, was it a 44-yard touchdown on fourth and two? That yeah. was a very good play by Jimmy. But outside of that, it was a lot of really just quick stuff. Get the ball out. Don't let Aaron Donald beat you, which makes perfect sense. Um, Dave Lombardi, some people were tweeting at him because he was just talking about Jimmy. And he was like, oh, you know, like like Jimmy did perfect last week. And a lot of people were like, dude, he didn't do anything. And he's like, well, what do you expect? Like, he's not all the way healthy. And, like, why would you not think that they're going to start implementing more, like, like, like spread the, the ball around the field more and, like, get it farther down the field more, you know, like, so I think that he definitely has a point. Uh, Dave Lombardi is a smart dude and he's usually pretty right, pretty accurate about the 49ers. So with that said, if that's the case, I'm not super concerned. I think that they're going to be looking really good. Their offense is going to start clicking. Um, but if Jimmy's not pushing the ball down the field, then that this will probably be his last year. And we've talked about, we've talked about Jimmy at times. We won't get super into him today, but he's got to push the ball down the field. And hopefully we start seeing that more. Hopefully against Seattle is when he really takes off and starts moving the ball because that defense, you can move the ball in that defense. And Jamal Adams is out for a while, it seems like. So I think we're going to find out a lot about how this offense is going to look. The one thing I want to say about this game that I absolutely love before I let you get into it, Jake, the three passing touchdowns were to Debo, Ayuk, and Kittle. The Yak Bros. So I love to see that. Um, I've talked about how explosive I think that the offense is going to be with those three, and I think that just helps the helps the cause right there. So uh, what did you what what do you like about this game? Yeah, well, you know, obviously I'll start with the offense because that's where you started. Uh, I do want to comment for a second on Jimmy. Um, I know people want to see him push the ball down the field, and as we're saying, at some point this season, <clears throat> excuse me he's going to have to do that. And it's probably going to, you know, be a big game like the Seattle game. And, you know, that's okay. We're not there yet. I'm only focused on this week. And for this week, he did his job, man. Um, of course, there, of course there was a, you know, a couple really bad throws. Uh, the one right off the top of my head is, I mean, he has Kyle use check naked on the left side, outside the numbers, probably about 20, 30 yards down the field. No one's even within 10 or 15 yards of him. And he just straight up overthrows him. Now, I do think live when I saw that play, I believe somebody was pressuring him in his face, which he got look, lit for, up. He for got any lit quarterback, up on yeah, and, and, and for any you know any quarterback, it's hard to make a throw like that, especially when you got a heater rolling right in there. So uh, I'm not going to fault Jimmy really. Um, as you were saying though, man, the Yak Bros. Ayuk, Debo, Kittle gets me fired up that all three of them had a TD. Um, it also just feels like this is prime Kittle back. I feel like last year with the injury, he kind of 
I don't want to say took a step back, but it wasn't a normal kind of Kittle year, uh, like the one that we saw when he had the revolving door of quarterbacks in 2018. And, you know, that was really, really nice to see. Also, man, you got to give props where uh, props is deserved. And the defense went uh, pretty berserk, man. Uh, Obviously, not enough pass rush. We've already kind of, you know, talked about that. But yeah, man, linebacking core and secondary played pretty well. Cooper Cup, he had uh, nine targets, only caught three of them. Uh, He missed a pretty bad touchdown. You know, I mean, he was he was pretty open. I will say that Mosley did kind of leave him pretty open. Um, it was also a dime by Jared Goff. I will say it was a really, really good throw. And it's one of those where cup kind of just dropped it, but man, Verrett has been the anchor on this defense. And I, I welcome it because if Sherman is going to be back healthy, man, this is going to be insane. It's going to be having two islands on your defense. And that's going to really, really help the defense out without that pass rush. Yeah. And Verrett's story is pretty cool. If, I mean, I think a lot of 49er fans are familiar with it now. Um, and of course all the Charger fans out there are, but this dude came in first round pick balled out and he's got hurt every single year with season ending injuries. He's had a absolutely brutal start to his career. I think he's had like four or five season ending injuries in a row, um, but he's always been good. That's the thing. He's always looked good. And he's looking good right now. Right. Hopefully he stays healthy. I mean, that's the biggest thing. This team is so banged up. Um, along with those guys that we were talking about, Tart's banged up, probably out. And it looks like Trent Williams is out too. He's questionable. He has a pretty like bad ankle, they said. Um, but it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. But I, I do like what you said about the defense and just wondering. I, I would say if I had to talk about like two guys that stood out, one would be Jason Verrett. Absolutely. I mean, we've seen he's like the like he has like the lowest passer rating when it, like the balls are thrown his way. Um, but the other guy, Dre Greenlaw, dude, Dre Greenlaw is a force and he has looked so good. Very young. I don't know how Quan is going to get that will spot back. I bet you Quan's going to be in the Sam role a lot more because I don't know how you take Dre Greenlaw off the field. He is such a good player. Him and Fred Warner have created a very, very nasty one-two punch of the linebacking core. And if you remember, right when Bosa got hurt, I said, what is this season going to be about? It's going to be about the hot boys. How is that linebacking core going to look? Because the defense immediately changes from, oh, we're a pressure-based defense to, like, we're more of bend, don't break. Our linebacking core has to save us. You know what I mean? Like, not that the not that they're, like, guys on the, on the defensive line are bad or anything. I mean, you still have Eric Armstead, Javon Kinlaw, DJ Jones, all those guys. But – you have to be dominant in at least one area of your defense. And that's where they are dominant right now. And it's pretty cool because Dre Greenlaw, second year player, former, like he was a fifth round pick. He has looked like a very, very, he looks like a budding star, which I, I think a lot of people that don't really know about him would say like, okay, that might be a little bit over-exaggerated. He looks kind of how Fred Warner did where he's grown a lot and he's continuously got better. Um, and we were talking about this before props to John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan and Adam Peters and all those guys, because they find these guys late in the draft and especially the linebackers. You got to have full faith that they're going to find these linebackers. I don't know if it's just like a San Francisco thing. Like they can just pop out these linebackers because in like the last 10 years, they've had like five guys that have came in and fold out being Navarro Bowman, Patrick Willis, um, Chris Borland. Remember him? Yeah. He's like one season, but he like led the league in tackles. (laughs) 
I was I was very depressed when he said he was going to retire. <laughs> yeah, those were the those were the terrible days of 49er football right there. <laughs> Seriously, man. But I don't know. Do you think that that's like the other guy that you got to point to for a lot of the success? I mean, of course you can say Fred, but like you're we're expecting it from Fred, you know. Well, the, here's the thing. So Fred Warner, it, I mean, even if Bosa was here, I, I still think is the leader of the, the defense. Um, I mean, I, I said this a couple uh, weeks ago on a pod. He got the green dot on his helmet, you know, the first game of his rookie year. So, yeah, he's the leader. Um, I would argue he's easily top three linebackers in the NFL right now. In my opinion, the best. Don't matter. Bobby Wagner. Too old, wash, don't care, man. Fred Warner is the best linebacker in the NFL right now. In that is a opinion. bit of a that is a bit of a bold statement to say that Bobby Wagner's wash. I do not I do not concur. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's definitely not wash. Uh, I'm I'm definitely over exaggerating there. I, I would take Bobby Wagner any day. Um, but I I like Fred and I like the direction that he's headed in. And um a couple things about uh Dre Greenlaw. So he's a former safety and you can definitely tell when he's on the field because his coverage is nasty. And the one trait about Dre Greenlaw to me that is more safety than any trait he has is this guy does not let people fall forward, man. And it's probably why we won the division last year, man. He gets that huge stop on Hollister on the goal line. It's just like, he, he doesn't even need a running start, man. He can just clobber guys, get guys out of bounds. He did it actually against, um, I think it was Daryl Henderson last week as well, man. You know, Daryl Henderson is going to the outside and you think, wow, that's a touchdown, man. They, they let him get in. And he comes from out of nowhere and just bullies him out of bounds. So, yeah, man, his, he's... His closing speed and pursuit angles are absolutely fantastic. And he is such like a downhill runner and he like you said he's a thumper too like guys don't do not fall forward of course you can look at last year the big play on the goal line against Seattle but dude at the goal line he might be one of the better goal line linebackers in the league just of like I'm gonna get to the outside and not let this guy score like he's made so many plays and and he hasn't been playing very long but if he's if he improves his pass coverage and kind of gets better in a in a few ways he can be a very, very good linebacker. Like he's, I, I'm pretty sure that the 49ers are like super impressed with what, with what they've seen from him. And he's forced his way into their future plans, like big time. Yeah. And, you know, watching the Sunday night football game, or actually it could have been the one in against Philadelphia, but um, I believe both he and uh, Fred were on the field at the same time. And Chris Collinsworth, basically says, man, like these linebackers have the most ridiculous closing speed, like in the game, honestly, like, you know, the way they can move sideline to sideline is nuts, man. It's crazy. Like they are so fast plays that you think are like surely a touchdown. They're at least putting some kind of body on them. And I also think the other aspect of Dre Greenlaw's game is he might be the surest tackler on this team. And that kind of goes with the, um, you know, the whole he's a downhill kind of hitter kind of guy. Um, it's really like his safety roots, I think. But, you know, between him and Fred, I mean, they look uh, pretty similar as players. But obviously, I think Fred is the better leader. And, you know, he's also a little bit better in coverage. But, yeah, like you're saying, um, when those two guys are on the field, it's 
it's trouble, man. Yeah, um, absolutely. I, I think that, I don't know. How, how do you kind of, how are you feeling about this Patriots game upcoming? Cause I want to talk a little bit about that. I think the Rams game, like we've covered enough of who, who, who were the star players that game, but Patriots are a tough matchup. Uh, if anybody knows Jimmy, it's going to be Bill. Uh, he drafted him, and he's clearly like he wanted him to replace Brady. That's not news anymore. It's kind of obvious. Everyone knows that. But what do you kind of feel like? Do you feel like they should that they're favorites? Do you feel like it's kind of a pick 'em? Do you feel like they're underdogs? What are you kind of thinking? Well, I mean, if we were healthy, I feel like we would be obviously heavily favored. Um, but we're just not. And at this point in the season, I would probably give the slight edge just barely to the Patriots. I mean, if, if I was making Vegas lines, it would be, you know, a point, a point and a half. Like, I really wouldn't give them that many, you know, that much uh, of leeway. And really the reason being is, I mean, look at last week, man, against Denver. Now, granted, uh you know, Cam, this is his first week back off COVID IR. You know, there's, there is an element of rust there, but like, man, you know, they have some really talented players, um, Cam being one of them. And it's just kind of that age old New England system of like, it doesn't matter who's on our team. We're just going to be kind of pretty good. And, uh, you know, the 49ers for me have just been a little bit too inconsistent, specifically before the Rams game um, for me to call them favorites. Um, I know, I think uh, the Patriots basically have the same record. I think they're, they're either two and three or three and two. I don't know uh, their exact record at this moment, but I know they had the COVID buy and then they just lost to Denver. So yeah, man. I mean, I would probably give the slight edge to the Patriots, especially because they have a mobile quarterback and we've seen how that kind of, uh, factors in against a Robert Saul level de- defense. Also, uh, I know we said that the Rams game was a big game for Robert Sala. Um, I, I mean, this is a really, really big game right here because it's like, how are you going to step up, you know, against really like your first mobile, mobile quarterback since week one? And, you know, you guys are really banged up. I think it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah. Um, and, so what would you what would you take as the line for the Patriots? What would you just guess? Ah, uh, well, if you know it's Vegas, they're probably going to heavily favor them. I would say they they probably have them as like four and a half, five point favorites. The Patriots? Yeah, they're at two right now. Two okay, point so that's actually pretty that's pretty even with what uh, I you know what I would have put them as. So yeah, I'm actually in uh, you know I'm in agreement there with with Vegas on that one. Yeah, so the the one thing that I would like to say is that I, I think that this one's kind of – I would lean a little bit more of a pick em just because the Patriots, they lost to the Broncos, like, pretty fairly. And they – what, they allowed six field goals, right? It was, like, 18 to 12. Yeah. It was a weird score. Um, the, the Niners aren't going to get – they're not going to settle for field goals six times. That's the difference yeah. between the, the Broncos and the 49ers. And – the Patriots haven't looked that great lately. Now, Cam, it was Cam's first game back. Um, and the Niners are coming off the best one of the year for them. So, like, I would probably be like, uh, I don't know. Now, at the same time, you never bet against Bill Belichick. That's kind of the, the golden rule of football. But 
I don't know. I think this is going to be a tough one. I think that they're Bill Belichick basically praised Kittle a ton and was like, yeah, Kittle's the best at the position of any guys I've coached or played against. Basically said he's one of the all-time most talented tight ends, which is that, – that's the guy you want to get the praise from. Um, I remember a couple years ago, like, the Patriots are going to play the Seahawks, and he was like, yeah, the reason the Seahawks are so good is because Michael Bennett's the best player in the NFL. And everyone was like, oh, what the hell? And it's like, no, no, he, he's probably pretty close. Like, he knows what he's talking about. So they're going to try to take away that those weapons. Like, the Niners are going to be asked to do different things. Um, so this is this one's awesome, dude. This is a it's a one twenty five Sunday game, afternoon game, and we're gonna see a lot of like, just it's gonna be a coaching battle, I think, again. And I think that's kind of what it was last week. Um, Goff didn't really look very good. The receivers didn't look good. Niners defense held strong, and they're gonna have to do the same thing this week. They're gonna have to contain Cam. That that's the big thing. And I think that a lot of, that a lot of the Forty ers fan base overdoes it about the running quarterbacks. But you have to contain Cam at least a little bit. And I will absolutely get behind that. If he comes out there and shreds them, like, that's going to be a problem. One, because they're going to be scoring points. Two, because if he's running the football, they're going to control the clock. And how did the 49ers get out to a big lead last week? They controlled the clock. That's what they want to do. No Raheem this week. That's going to be a big deal. Raheem, I mean, Raheem's been fantastic with him on and off the field it's been night or day for the offense honestly and when he got knocked out last week the offense didn't look very good so probably gonna see some weird stuff I would not be surprised if we see Debo in the backfield getting some handoffs uh we're gonna see a lot of Jermichael Hasty. Tevin Coleman is back pretty soon not back next week but he might be back the week after that actually right yeah he's back uh next week like not like this upcoming one but the, the following week that's okay, okay. Uh, where they're where they're uh, slotting him but uh, yeah, man, I, I think to your point, like um, my thing is Bill Belichick, his, you know, big, big theory is you take away a team's best weapon. They kind of start to face adversity. What are they going to do? Well, obviously our best weapon is George Kittle. So my question is where, who does he take away? Right. Because you could argue, yeah, it's Kittle, but Maybe it's really not. Maybe he feels like Debo is the guy, or maybe he's watched enough tape now to be like, hey, this rookie IU kid is pretty good. Or hell, you know, maybe he feels like the best weapon is Kyle Shanahan, and he just wants to absolutely blow up the running game so that, you know, the rest of the offense can't get rolling. And that, those are the kinds of things, unfortunately, as an opponent going into Foxborough, you have to think about because – that's just the way Bill Belichick thinks. He's a step ahead of your offense at all times. And that is what makes me worried going into this game. And, uh, you know, I hate to say it, man. This game is starting to feel a little bit like a must win, especially when you look at the teams coming up, um, you know, down the line. We're going to have to face Mr. Unlimited, who's unfortunately having a, an MVP caliber season. I love the nickname Mr. Unlimited because of that video. That was so, so funny. Yeah, and, and he's been playing like it this year, man. Uh, I mean, it's one of the cringiest videos I've ever watched. But yes. At least yes. he can justify it, man. At least he can justify it with his performance, right? I honestly thought it was fake. Like, I, I was like, no way, that's real. Like, no way this dude really posted that. Like, that was the most corny shit I've ever seen. <laughs> Um, but I don't, I don't know if this one's quite like must win. I think last week was must win. 
Definitely. But I think it's getting to the point where it's like you have to win a lot of these games that are not easy wins that you're going to be expected to lose. Like this week, you know, the lines against them. And I said, I think it's more of a pick them. And the two-point line isn't that big of a deal. But, like, I, w- I wonder – say they lose this week by a touchdown, right, a little less than a touchdown, they're going to be pretty substantial underdogs against the Seahawks. And, well, like, I- they got to they beat some of these teams. They got to beat the Seahawks. I mean, I would say, well, their next four games are going to be against the Patriots, the Seahawks, the Packers, and the Saints, right? Yeah. And, I mean, you have to imagine, look, like we've talked, we've all talked about the gauntlet of games. And, you know, we're talking about the Rams, uh, the Bills, the Seahawks, the Packers, the Saints, the Pats. Like, obviously, that's the gauntlet. Looking at that slate of games, um, I think realistically we have a chance at several of those games. I would say right off the bat, Patriots, Packers, Bills, Rams. I, I give us a chance on in all those games. Um, I think that if there's a healthy Michael Thomas back for the Saints game, I, I just don't see us winning. They just have too many weapons offensively. But then on the back half of the schedule, man, we still have, you know, football team uh, and the Cowboys. So, I, I would hate to say this because there's all you know always possibility of a trap game and we don't know, you know, God forbid somebody gets hurt that, that just is, you know, Kittle or Jimmy or, you know, somebody else. But obviously with the way this season's been going, that's a possibility. But you have to look and say, okay, Washington in Dallas is probably two free wins back to back. So, you know, that at least guarantees us five wins in my opinion. So where are you going to pick up the other four wins and try and get yourself into the playoffs? Because like I've been saying, man, nine and seven seems like the the target that we really have to shoot for to try and get in uh, to the playoffs, man. Yeah, I agree. So, so what I was going to say is out of these next four games in New England, in Seattle, at home against Green Bay, in New Orleans, I think you really got to hope that you win two of those. And the Patriots game is the most winnable of those games. So, you like, this is a big game. I, I don't know if it's quite must win, but if you lose this game, you got to beat either the Seahawks, the Packers, or the Saints, and hopefully two of them. Like, you really want to come out of this to an. If you go into the bye, five and was it? Yeah, five and five. And the Rams are right off the bat. I mean, we've seen, no, we didn't see them play the Rams off the bye. I think that was a game after the bye. But we've seen them beat the Rams. You know, like we know they can beat the Rams. And then you have the Bills on Monday night. Those are two. Those two games are much more winnable than these four that up ahead. I think. I think that the Bills. I don't think the Bills are quite as scary of a team to face as the Patriots. Um, the Bills' wins haven't been against anyone special. Uh, but if you go into that by five and five, and then you go, okay, your next four games are Rams, Bills, football team. <laughs> And the Cowboys, you can easily go nine and five right there. Like you, you, it is totally feasible. So you got to win two of these next four. I think that's, I think if they win two of the next four, I would definitely think they're a playoff team. I saw something like their playoff percentage right now was, is like 30 something percent or 40%. I don't know. I, I don't know if that's, I think it's a little bit too low. Um, but I mean, say if they lose these next four games and it's like, okay. But that's yeah. why, like that. That's why that other one was just a must-win. I, I don't think that they're, I don't think they should be viewed as like heavy underdogs against any of those teams, though, 
because the pay. I mean, the Patriots just got. They just lost to the the Broncos. Didn't look that great. The Seahawks have looked good, yeah, but they haven't really played anyone spectacular, and their defense is atrocious, and they don't have Jamal Adams. The Niners better light up the scoreboard in that game. And if it's a shootout, like, of course you don't want to be going, you don't want to be in a shootout with Russell Wilson, but like, it is what it is. If you win that one, like, it's it's a winnable game, and it's a divisional game. Like that happens all the time. Um, the Packers they just got smoked by the Bucks, and the Saints have not looked very good. So like, two and two, I think is very doable. Do you think? Do you think that as well? I mean, literally looking at this schedule, there truthfully is like four true outcomes. I could see us going 4-0. I could see us landing somewhere in between. I could see us going 0-4. And like, that's just the reality. Um, I think looking at it, Patriots and Packers, to me, are the the most winnable games um, because the Patriots haven't looked fantastic. They look good, but they haven't looked like crazy. And I still think there's that level of like with the Packers, oh, shit, it's the 49ers on our schedule. Like, even if, you know, uh, Mostert isn't back, which I think he will be back by the Packers game. Maybe not. I know running back injuries are a lot different than quarterback. And um, you well, know, he's, just, the, he's the father of their organization, you know. Yeah, yeah. And look, even if it's not Raheem, man, I mean, I still trust that Tevin or you know somebody else is going to run – probably well over a hundred on them. And, you know, Sala has coached pretty well against the Packers. Like he's disguised Fred pretty good in blitz packages and stuff like that. Um, so I do trust that those are the two games that are most winnable. Um, but I wouldn't put us, put it past this to beat the Saints or the Seahawks. Do I think those are probably um, more of a stretch? Yeah, absolutely. Especially with the way Wilson's been playing. But, you know, I, I still think that those are winnable games. Um, but, yeah, I, I do think you absolutely have to come out of that, these four games, two and two. Like, there is no other choice. Like, if you go one and three or 0 oh and four, the season, in my opinion at least, is probably over. And if it's not over, we would have to go absolutely insane in the final six or so games of the season. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, it's going to be a big stretch right here. So hopefully they get it done Sunday against the Patriots. If they do, I, I'll be feeling great. I'm sure you will as well, Jake. I'll be feeling pretty confident that, that the Niners will be in the playoffs if they win this week. Um, and I felt pretty good on Sunday after they like, – I was like, okay, they're probably going to be all right. Like everyone overreacted and freaked out. And, and like we see this every single year with so many teams. Last year you didn't see it because they never really had like a moment of like, uh-oh, they're, gonna, like, they're not looking good. Um, but but good teams have these stretches too, and you just got to overcome them. So I think that they're going to do that. Um, but besides that, it's kind of done for today's episode. If you guys are listening on Apple Podcasts, subscribe, five-star rating and review. That would be awesome. Um, and if you're listening on any other platform, subscribe. Usually I'll be, we'll be getting out two episodes a week. Jake will be on the first one almost every week. This week was a little bit different, but usually it's like a Monday, Friday type thing monday friday tuesday saturday that type of day so one right after the game and then one a little bit before the game to preview it we're kind of doing both this week and we'll get you another episode out too to be talking about the niners defense but um that's gonna be it for today jake thanks for coming on and thanks everyone for listening